0: At a young age, I used to, it was funny, I was talking to my younger brother when I first had it. I was like, man, remember on our bunk beds? Like we were talking about like having our own shoe, like the Allen Iverson shoe. And then like you flash forward years later and now I have my shoe that is like mine. Like you're not going to be able to go buy that in the store unless we put it out there. Like it's going, it's going, it's Chelsea's shoe. And um, so it was really exciting like to find out years down the line that that All that talk on the bunk beds, talking in the backyard about what you're going to do when you get older, it's actually an interest.
1: Hey, everyone. Hannah Donnelly here for another episode of On Her Mark, WNBA Edition. Today, we've got a big one. 2022 Finals MVP Chelsea Gray. The star won her second title last season with the Las Vegas Aces and put up remarkable numbers throughout the series. Chelsea is one of the most consistent players in the league. Today, she tells us how she accomplishes that and talks about her strengths that help the Aces and also what we can expect to see from the super team this year, combining returning hoopers with the veteran additions. Chelsea also shares who she credits for having the biggest impact on her career on and off the court. And then we lighten things up a little bit and talk about her passion for cooking and grilling and where it comes from. And then we wrap up by talking about league growth. I know a common conversation here on the podcast, but it is so valuable to understand different perspectives across the the league. What you learn from today is that you should never sleep on Chelsea Gray now or ever. (laughs) Enjoy our conversation. Well, Chelsea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, this is really exciting because you you're coming off a big Big year. How are you personally feeling coming off of a championship year with the ACES headed in to to 2023?
0: Um, I'm feeling really good, really confident. Like it's it's nice that I'm coming back home. Like it feels like a sense of home. Um, we have the same coaching staff. Um, we have some pieces that we were that was here before. So it's not where I'm not coming into a season that's totally brand new. I just finished playing overseas so I'm also coming in in like a game-shaped form um so it's been pretty nice thus far
1: so you in the off season there were some pretty big moves you guys got Candice you got Alicia talk to me about um what it's been like so far in the gym with with everyone the old and the new
0: yeah when you bring in vets like that it it all it raises your level of play when you talk about Alicia Clark and she's been able to what she's been able to do, um, won championships, veteran leadership, and the way she talks and communicates, like it's like she's been there before. And so we need that veteran leadership and different voices. And she's been a good player in her own right. Like she's made waves in this league and sometimes not always appreciated and talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you bring in somebody like Candace. Um, she changes the dynamic of any team. Um, mm-hmm. her versatility, her ability on both sides of the basketball, her ability to make others better. She's just an all-around great player. And her legacy is is continuing here in Vegas. And so we're lucky to have those two come here and, you know, strive for greatness.
1: And join and already, like you guys already have such a star studded squad. And I think it's important to note because you're one of your, are humble player. You <laughs> also, in my opinion, are one of the most like sneaky, good players. Like you, you like kind of show up and then all of a sudden you're just like, where is she coming from? <laughs> and you're, you were MVP of the finals last year. So talk to me about what that meant for your off season. Did, did that feel like it, it put a chip on your shoulder a little bit, if there was a target on your back or anything like that?
0: Um, you know, is where I think, Sometimes, like, media and players and people outside, maybe not so much players because you're playing against them all the time, mm-hmm. but you see reports and you see things happen of, like, things – it's crazy because, I like, I've accomplished a lot. Like, I've won. I've been an Olympic team. I've done everything, but yet my name is not being spoken about about one of the best players in the league, right? Um, and I change the dynamic of a team. I make others better. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't surprised on my ability – but people were surprised my numbers were crazy like the numbers that i was you know that i were get that i was getting during the playoffs they were really really good really really high but for me i don't feel like i'm i'm sneaky i think that people sometimes don't put respect on my name and so mm-hmm. that is where people get this i don't know this this idea of that oh i just came out of nowhere i i've been consistently doing this
1: yeah and I think, and I think it shows, and and the part that you said there is that you, you help others shine too. Um, and I will say from doing all of these interviews, the one player that everyone always comments on playing against is the hardest is always you. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone brings up Chelsea gray and they say, she is the one that is hardest to guard and, and without fail, it's like you. And then they're like, and others. (laughs) Um, so I want to talk to you about your journey to the WNBA because it's unique in the sense that you sat out your senior year and drafted and you stayed in the league. Did you ever lose sight of this goal? Um, or, or was this just, you were so steadfast in it and knew that it was possible, um, that you, that you pushed through and, and made a name for yourself.
0: Um, I think there was a little bit of both. There was some doubt because I dealt with injuries and like I've had I had a lot of injuries and in, in surgeries in college, period. Like not just letting like I got surgery after my freshman year, only my sophomore year going to my junior year is the only time I didn't. And so after I fractured my kneecap, it was like, OK, I have another chance, another season to not only accomplish the goals in the futures, but accomplish like the goals I have in college. I we be going into the final four, maybe possibly winning a championship. Like those are the goals that I had set for myself come, going into college. And then senior year, I fractured the top of it. So, and I had to set out again. And so when you're looking at the draft board, you see your name going down a little bit. I knew my capabilities and what I can bring to the game, my IQ, I just had to stay on the court. I just had to like show and see the product, right? You can t- talk about a product and talk about it all the time, but until you see like the growth and see it, people aren't invested as much, but luckily Connecticut saw the potential and drafted me. And so I got my opportunity to play in this, in this beautiful league. And I got traded to LA. It just all came, you know, all my thoughts came to fruition and I was working at it behind the scenes. Like I had a great team to be able to get me out there on the court. And I still use that team to this day.
1: Did you, who did you look up to in basketball growing up? Was there anybody in particular?
0: Um, I watched like a, a a few people. I always loved the idea of like an illusion of like mm-hmm. passing the basketball without when, when nobody in the gym knows where you're gonna pass it except you. Mm-hmm. And so I would watch players like Teacher Pinachero and Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. And then I also like like the crossover, the pull-up game like Alan Irison was really nice. Obviously, you talk about players like Kobe and and uh Michael, but like I really it really resonated with me. The type of player that Teacher was, the type of player that Magic was, the type of player that Allen Iverson was. Like it just, it, I gravitated towards those players, and so uh, you can kind of see certain things that I would emulate at a young age, and then it continues throughout my journey here in the pros.
1: And so, you know, one thing—it's the saying goes, right? It's hard to make the WNBA. It's harder to stay in the WNBA. And now you're you're part of the, a super team, and I know that's again media creating conversation around what's happening, but I do think there is, there's a tension, um, in a good way for, for what's happening. But in addition to Vegas, being a super team, having the, having the players, having the coaching staff, you guys also have a new facility, um, which is a big deal. It's the first time this has happened in the league. Talk about what it's like been like to play for a franchise and a program that is investing in you guys.
0: Yeah, it's funny when I hear super team, I'm just like, there's been great players that all get together, like Minnesota Lynx. Like they've had, they yeah. had great players and had four Olympians at the same time on their team. So I'm just like that, where you calling them a super team or you calling them trying to make a dynasty, right? And Then you bring players together now and it's just like, they were creating a super team, but like there's other teams that's bringing great players. So I think that conversation is always interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and so we get together, and now we have the facility. Now we're even more highlighted than we were before. But I think what Mark Davis and Nikki have done um, with this franchise has been great. Um, they're trying to build something special here, trying to set the standard, and then they've been able to do that. So, like, lack of a better word, better words is like other teams step your sh- up. like step your game up. Like that's what other owners and other teams are going to start seeing um and it's been great like the facility is beautiful the facility is nice They we have everything that we need and want and even more um and so we're excited you know when you you play your best you when you feel the best when you look the best and so all of that kind of comes together with this facility
1: I that's one of my favorite things look good feel good play good I'm like if yeah. you if you have all three you're good to go
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: um, so when you look at the season ahead, what are you what are you excited for people for fans to see from the aces? Are we going to see the same? Obviously, we're you know, are we going to see the same more of the same from last year? Or are you guys mixing it up a little bit and and what can we expect?
0: Um, I think you're expecting a very versatile team. Like we were able to do some things last year where we put people in different spots, but even more so now, like mm-hmm. on both ends of the floor. Like you have somebody like Alicia Clark that's able to guard the four. Maybe we'll switch some games, maybe we won't. And then you have players like Candace that, okay, you think that I'm going to be at the helm of it, running the play? No, it's Candace coming down in transition and starting the action. So I think our versatility will be very exciting for fans to see. Um, and And people being in different spots and multiple personalities just coming together and having a great chemistry.
1: So as someone, as someone who's won two championships with two different teams, uh, do you think, what was it about, what was like the common denominator of both of those teams that made um a championship possible? Was there something similar?
0: Yeah. I always say playing for each other. I know that like people like cliche, like play for each other, make the best pass. But like when we, when I look down the bench and I was like I want to get a shot for that person because like that's going to make us win a championship their locker room was fun exciting like people enjoyed coming to work every day um and we wanted the best for the next person and sometimes those moments or not having that in the locker room is the difference between winning a championship and not winning mm-hmm. uh, but we came together and we peaked at the right time like we stayed the course there were lows in the season where we lost games where people were like, Oh, I don't know about them anymore. This is the team that we thought we were going to see in the the whole year. And then we just kept, we just left those comments alone and we just kept getting better. And then, so when it was playoff time, we were playing our best basketball.
1: So you, you mentioned there that, you know, people are, people talk, right. People talk. Uh, Do you listen or do you, you know, even saying earlier that people aren't putting the respect on your name and how do you, how do you, um, kind of balance the good and the bad that you're hearing and kind of stay driven. Cause one of the things that I think you're incredibly good at is staying level is staying consistent, um, which is key. So how do you do that?
0: You know, I think some people (laughs) it's like, It's their nature to be that way? For me, it is my nature to be very level-headed and very calm. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but that's how (laughs) I've always been. Like my brothers are like that too. We're always like here, like we get excited and there's Mm -hmm. different moments where we're yelling or something like you show emotion, but we're always like super calm. And sometimes that can be taken as like nonchalant or it can be like super confident. I don't know which one, whatever people take, um, but I think that's always important to have that in your team is the level headed, the consistency, the, the drive that, you know, that person is going to go to battle with you. And then, so that's what I've been able to bring um, each and every year in my IQ and being better um, in situations.
1: So what does your training look like for that? Are you doing meditation? Are you doing um, mindfulness work or are you just, are you just um, naturally good? <laughs> I-
0: I'm not, I mean, there's certain like natural abilities that I do have IQ wise, mm-hmm. but I also think like I put a lot of time and effort into watching basketball, listening mm-hmm. to basketball and watching film and listening to others. Um, I absorbed a lot when I was younger, um, listening to vets like Candace that I'm now playing with again, like um, Elena Beard that's, you know been one of the greatest players to play in this league. So listening and being around those type of players, like I was like a sponge, like grasping and understanding what they were talking about. And so now you flash forward five to seven years, it's like now I'm in their shoes. And so Mm -hmm. what can I do to help a younger player? What can I do to make our team better? And so listening and understanding that people are in different spots in their career, but understanding that everybody has the same goal of winning a championship.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. What is your best piece of advice to two rookies that come in
0: be yourself they drafted you for a reason um be yourself have confidence in that and absorb don't be the don't be the last one in the gym as well like you you come in there to earn your spot it's only a certain amount of spots some teams carry 12 some teams carry 11. Mm-hmm. um and so it it, it gets it gets slim pickings, you know, to be able to make a roster. But I would say, be yourself, be authentically you, and don't be the last one in the gym.
1: When you look back at your career, you mentioned that Candace, um, you know, was was someone that gave great advice. Uh, was there who else in your career um, was influential? Whether it was at the the pro level in, in high school, college, is there anyone who you reflect back on having a big impact?
0: Elena Beard, a hundred percent. Um, I still talk to her today. I call her like my she is my friend, like a very close friend, but she's also a mentor of mine. And I call her about things off the court, on the court, whatever, uh mentally. Like, am I thinking about this the right way? I sent her film one time and I was like, listen, it, should I be gardening like this? Um, but when I first got To LA, like one of the big things was taking care of my body. And so I would just follow Elena around I was like, where are you going to go eat? And that's where I like started liking salmon. It's because of Elena. So I was like, (laughs) okay, that's a fish. Instead of eating like the fried catfish, maybe I'll just have the salmon, the the baked salmon with the arugula salad. And so that's like her dish that she just loves. And so now I really like it. So I'll just follow them around and try to figure out what it means to be a pro and take care of your body at such a high level when it comes to food, when you practice, what kind of lifting shoot, I, I even was like started understanding what it meant to have certain wines, like certain wines, maybe they're too sugary, like have this wine if you want to indulge. So just being around Elena, um, really helped my career.
1: So you mentioned food there. Did I, did I read that you are a, a very good cook?
0: Yeah, man. Cooking (laughs) is like my home away from home. Like it's like my center. It's like my place. When you talk about like how to stay calm and Mm -hmm. level-headed cooking and being in the kitchen is like my mom, I'm able to create something and just use a different part of my brain and get away from basketball or whatever.
1: Where did that, like, how did you learn that? Was that from Elena? Was that from like Learn being like, I gotta make learn how to make the salmon.
0: <laughs> um, no, at a young age, I asked for an easy bake oven. Like I just wanted to cook. Like my mom's a cook, my aunts are cook, my brothers cook. Like I we just really enjoyed like quality time was mm-hmm. done in the kitchen. Like even to this day, if my brother comes into town, like, you want to go grill, what what we want to cook? Like mm-hmm. we try to create that and like both of us cutting up things in the kitchen and having a conversation is like quality time spent with each other. And we really enjoy doing that. And so it's like my when I get in the kitchen, it's like my happy place where I enjoy yeah. time.
1: I love that. I love that. I am not personally a cook. So when people say that, I'm like, <laughs> give me give me what you know, because yeah. I like burn chicken and
0: we all start somewhere.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's been like that for like 10 years, (laughs) but so when you talk about relaxing and kind of separating from basketball, do you, um, how much of it, how, how much do you do that? Like, do you separate from the game regularly? And is that important for you to stay, um, consistent and, and passionate?
0: Yeah, it's, it's extremely important for like my headspace. What, a lot of times like for instance if you're reading a message or reading a paper like over and over again and you're just like i feel like there's something wrong with it but i can't see it you step away from it and come right back to you, you come with it and with fresh eyes and i feel the same way with like basketball like i love and i eat sleep and breathe i'm looking at basketball if it's on my phone it might be a game on that i'm looking back i indulge in a lot of film but I think it's important to have that balance spending time with family like my I just let's just go do something I go do something with my wife right Mm -hmm. um we go do something that has nothing to do with basketball we watch shows I think like it was last year game four before game four when we won the championships I was just watching a show in the bed I was like this is just I'm not watching any film I'm just watching Mm -hmm. a show right now because I need time away from it and to Mm -hmm. come back to it with fresh eyes
1: I love that I love that I think that's so important and Um, and I'm glad that you're, that you're able to speak on that too. Um, I also want to talk about Adidas and, uh, how that came to be because so much of growth in the sport comes out off the court, um, and to see the shoe and all that talk to, talk to me about that.
0: Um, I started working with Adidas back in 2017, I believe. Um, and it's been a great partnership thus far, um, working with the brand, having conversations. There have been different people working with the brand, um, but they have allowed me to be myself um, whenever I speak, whenever I like say my opinion, they're listening. Um, it's been a great partnership. If they wanted to do something with the camp, if they wanted to donate here, like it's just a very open dialogue, which I really appreciate. Um, and this last year, um, it was about time that I got my own personal edition player edition shoe um and we kind of came with that concept of organized chaos right that was like my that was in my head I really like bright colors my favorite color is orange my favorite my wife's favorite color is lavender so I was kind of blending the two mm-hmm. um, but to make it a little bit more I don't know intense we added another color uh, other color schemes but it all meshed together really well um and then on the back of it it says point god which is my nickname in this league
1: was that um was that something that you'd been like dreaming of or manifesting or was this did you did you ever think that was possible that, that I had, you would have this
0: yeah at a young age I used to I, I was it was funny I was talking to my younger brother when I first had it I was like man remember on our bunk beds like we were talking about like having our own shoe like the Allen Iverson shoe and then like you flash forward years later and now I have my shoe that is like mine like you're not going to be able to go buy that in the store unless we put it out there. Like it's going, mm-hmm. it's going, it's Chelsea's shoe. And um, so it was really exciting, like to find out years down the line that, that all that talk on the bunk beds, talking in the backyard about what you're going to do when you get older, it's actually coming true.
1: So you're living, you're living this, this is something that you, you know, since a kid were are dreaming of. Um, do you, do you recognize the, how many young Kids and girls specifically look up to you and say, I want to be Chelsea Gray. Like I want to be you. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I think I feel like a sense of responsibility to help mm-hmm. the next person of the younger generation. Um, there's always a person looking up that wants to be in your shoes. And my teammates always say, if you can see her, you can be her. And I think representation matters to, for young girls or young boys as well. Um, To see somebody that looks like them, um, being successful, reaching their goals, achieving their dreams and talking about it and bringing the next person along and having fun while doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people see that, oh, I looked up to this person, but they don't look like they're having fun doing what they're doing. Maybe you Mm -hmm. want to try something else. So I'm having fun with it enjoying the process and hopefully others are understanding and seeing that as well
1: how have you kept that love? Cause I think that's some, every person that I've spoken to um, in the league talks about how originally it all started with their love of the game and you guys are in an interesting position, right? And that your job is also your passion. Most people are able to, you know, punch a clock and <laughs> call it a day, but how are you able to keep the love when, when it is a job too?
0: Yeah, uh, I think, it's finding some stuff outside of basketball that you enjoy. Mm. It's it for me that's really key. We're finding time away from it where we're not either not talking about it or we're doing something else, having fun with family, and just enjoying time of just being a human and not yeah a professional athlete. I really enjoy the two separate. They bleed together a lot, like like whether it be friends, relationships, they bleed together a whole lot. And I don't know what I would do. Or my life would be extremely different if I did not play basketball. Mm-hmm. However, I understand that there's another part of my life that's not just a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that really keeps me exciting to excited to go to keep going back to the game. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, my my competitive spirit. Like I want to be the best. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to talk, and people can't say like the best point guard without saying my name. Like that is the striving, my goals. Olympics, whatever, it's to all to be the best and play and be around the greatest players of all time.
1: When you think growth, what comes to mind? Um,
0: when I think growth, I think of there's really some good players, really good players that's getting cut that doesn't have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's a way to find or have more roster spots um, to allow for more money in, in cap space. Or, I don't know, it's a lot of funds that allows players to still remain within the organization without actually being on the team. Mm Um, when I think of growth, obviously, people mentioned salary and travel, um, Mm -hmm. I think can be a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the game is constantly growing, it's it's constantly um, finding new things about itself, it's rediscovering itself. When you think about the league and where it started, you talked about somebody like Yolanda Griffin, that was in back to the paint five player. And now you're, you're seeing that Asia Wilson is the five shooting threes and facing up and taking the ball coast to coast. Like the game is always evolving. And so we can talk like logistically what the league can look like, but we need more people to be able to stay on rosters.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I've, I've loved chatting with you and I want to respect your time. So final question for you, when um when things get hard when days get hard uh do you have a motto or a mantra that you lean on to help get you through
0: um i don't have really like it, it sometimes things come to me but i don't have like a specific thing mm-hmm. besides like my overarching thing in my life is black excellence and so what that looks like is in a bunch of different buckets, whether it's business, relationship, family, athletically, professionally, um, I want to be in great in everything that I do. And my habits and the way I speak, the way I communicate with others, and it all reflects that in what my goals
1: are. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Well, thank you for, thank you for taking the time uh, and best of luck this season. I'm I'm really looking forward to you guys crushing it.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: Back to back. You got to go for it.
0: I'm trying. I'm trying.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Chelsea. Good luck. Chelsea and the Aces kick off their season in Seattle against the storm on Saturday, May 20th. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in today. Remember, you can listen to more player interviews right here on the podcast platform or head over to the NBC Sports Boston YouTube page where you can watch them. All right, guys, that does it for me. I'll catch you next time.